social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting us. If you're social, then you really could be leading us. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I'm here with Sharon Gordon, the Digital Behavior Intelligence Leader at Dun & Bradstreet. She manages the company's social media program and team and also works on content development, e-commerce, and web analytics, so she's quite busy. Sharon holds an advanced degree in social sciences, specializing in qualitative and quantitative research methodology. And I think when she tells you the story of her career, you'll hear it's a a highly analytical background. Uh, She's worked in the telecom, media, education, and government fields in marketing, market research, analytics, PR, and digital media. So she's going to have a wealth of info to share with us today. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here today. Excited to be here. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into your current position. Tell us the story of your career. The story of my career, um, I have studied the sciences. I started with uh, physical sciences. I studied the social sciences and really emphasized um, research methodology. was very mm-hmm. interested in research, and uh, research is also always a good platform to get into uh, market research, which is uh, leads to marketing. And, um, you know, I've worked in not only corporations, but in government and education. Uh, it was everything from a professor to um, a school teacher to um, a, a planner for government. And the one thing that everything had, all of my jobs had in common were that you, you really need to learn how to market and have a platform. And quickly, that was um, singularly a a digital platform. So I I was able to really launch um, digital marketing programs for companies from from scratch, for companies and and including the government program that I had worked on for the San Diego regional government. Wow. So it sounds like through that really varied career, you found that marketing was really essential. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, for me, with my research background, I always like to do a lot of market research with with everything that I do. So even if I wasn't uh, officially doing market research, like building my telecom international market research panels, I always used uh, a component of research and analytics to base um, marketing and to base decisions on. It's interesting that you come from a research background because social media has such an interesting capability of it's like all of this data coming in constantly. It's so data rich. And yet getting the analysis off of all of that data, feeding all of that conversation in and making something of it and turning it into insights is always a challenge. Yeah, and and that's really been our focus. So I was I was actually brought into Dun and Bradstreet DNB to um, specialize in web analytics. Um, in addition to you know working within the digital marketing group, um, also working on e-commerce. Um, 
But soon we realized that we needed to take our social media program to a much higher level that was analytics-driven and research-driven. And so I was the right person because that really is my background. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the reporting that we do and the insights that we get from all of this you know, a vast amount of numbers and data that come in. Making sense of that is really what our program is based on. So you would say then primarily for DMB, you're using social to listen and understand what's happening in the marketplace and gain those analytics based off of that? We do. And we also take our social program and, and we adjust our direction and, and we base what we do on, on that data. Right. So we are getting industry information and we're getting information on our audience on, on all of the social media platforms based on these analytics that we are collecting and sorting through and making sense out of. That's great. So using, using the insights from your social presence to then actually make change. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. So give us a little background on D&B for, for our listeners who aren't as familiar as I am. I know I was telling you pre-show about my, my odd D&B obsession, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about D&B and, and how they work and how, how you apply social? Sure. Um, and D&B is a really old company. It's about 173 years old. And um, we've had, you know, famous presidents work at our, our company, like such as Abraham Lincoln. He was a reporter for our company. We have some some really interesting and rich history of the company. Um, but it, you know, as of now, it's the largest global commercial database of company information. So we have such a tremendous amount of data on. Almost every company in the country and most companies throughout the world, you know, a large chunk of the world we cover as well. And we, we have the information on the companies. We have information on their credit, um, risk, and finance. Um, we, we have acquired many other divisions, many other co- smaller companies to add capabilities and add other types of data. So we're, we're you know, a large publicly held global company and we really are the industry leaders. That's amazing. But I don't think I can get over the amazing fun fact that Abraham Lincoln worked for you as a reporter. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can't. You can't drop that fact without hearing about it. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it, all I can say is that, you know, to everyone out there, we have the one of one of the fun things that we do is put out throwback Thursdays because we do have some really cool, you know, facts about our company. So everyone needs to follow us and, and they'll find out tidbits every Thursday about our company's history. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I can't give it all away because we make it into quizzes as well. Sharon, that's brilliant. Right here, um, an amazing use of marketing. You will not reveal all of the full <laughs> Throwback Thursdays. We must go to the Dun & Bradstreet sites. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Brilliant. Okay, so tell me a little bit about, I know you talked a little bit about uh, using insights and analytics. Tell me, tell me why Dun & Bradstreet is present on social and what the overarching goal is and then the strategy. Sure. Okay. So, like I said, you know, we have this company, and it's a very old company, and it we, we've really recently undergone a major shift um, at the you know the CEO level at, at the other um, executive levels, and it, it's just really modernizing this company. It's modernizing the brand. It's revolutionizing the brand. It's it's modernizing how we do business, and 
you know, just a, a complete image change. And what we do via social is we have, you know, a contemporary spin. We have, um, we're the outward face of the company. You know, mm-hmm. we have the closest contact with the customers, mm-hmm. the potential customers, potential employees, you know, just to, to really show people how exciting it is to be at our company and, and what we do and how exciting all of the data that we have really is and how relevant it is to what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world. That's incredible. So you're using it really as you're the first touch point with any potential consumers or employees, and you're also able to provide a wealth of data. What are the types of things that you're sharing about companies or industries that are particularly compelling to your audience? We have some really exciting things that we do. For example, we had, um, you know, during the World Cup, when it came down to the finals, we had an, an outline in, in soccer ball shapes, in infographics of all of the, the risk scores associated with each, with each of the countries that were in the finals. So based on the country's risk and economic health scores, that formed how inflated or deflated these soccer balls were in our infographics. So we do really cool things like that with data that no one else really has. And they don't, they don't have it in the way that we do and, and present it in the way that we do. I actually love that concept. So you put the country's risk scores in soccer balls and the size of the, of the soccer ball was based on their level of risk, right? How deflated it was. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And, and it's funny because, you know, Germany was a nice, you know, well-inflated ball. And look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So I guess you could say we predicted things. I mean, basically, it's all thanks to you. I love it. And so how do you come up? with that type of content. What is your process for coming up with content that is relevant in social? Our company is really, you know, one of one of our internal, you know, revolutions <laughs> way of way of changing the company is is to really modernize our our content and what we have and you know, we have many various platforms for content. So we have our website and we have lots and lots of articles in our learning center about, you know, the different fields that we cover. We also have um, a couple blogs and one of our blogs, um, which is Bismology, um, is really covers industry information and and con- what's going on in various industries, what's going on in the news and covers it from the angle of our data you know, it's based on our data. It's based on our thought leaders and what they know about about the industries, um, as well as you know, we have these uh, econometrists who, you know, conduct this analysis on countries and on you know on the U.S. and what's going on with with the U.S. politics and economies and, and finance. And, uh, you know, we have everything from webinars to white papers, you know, to lots and lots of blogs. But what's different about what we're doing is that we're creating content as well within our social media group. So we're taking our data and we're, we're doing our own content as well. So we're doing these graphics. We're doing maps that show where the industries are. We have maps that show um, where the, the top industries and volumes of, of businesses for minority businesses or women-owned businesses. Um, and so all of this is being pushed out and created within my group. 
And so do you get your inspiration from the Learning Center and the blogs and all of those pieces, or are you operating kind of autonomously and separately? It, it's it's operating separately. You so, know, we have so many different places right now, various repositories for content that are being created in our company. But what's exciting is that one of them is from my group. That's awesome. And so when you're looking at uh, social as a whole and you're looking at creating content and doing all this, how do you structure for social? How many people do you have on the team and how do you, what's your process for coming up with content? Um, our social team is actually a, not a very large team. It's uh, myself, and right now I have um, three associates that mm-hmm. work in my on my group. And we do we're really um, kind of a self-contained entity. We do everything from um, you know managing day-to-day operations. We we post everything on all of our platforms. We manage our platforms. We respond to people. We interact with people. So all of the day-to-day, you know, the, the setup of all of those social media platforms, and we're on every platform pretty much, to um, all of the reporting. And our reporting is, is really highly sophisticated, um, and it evolves every week because we're constantly thinking of, you know, cool new things that we should really be measuring and basing our decisions on, and we're analyzing our audiences and, you know, we're benchmarking. So we have a lot of reporting that goes on, you know, every single day. And we have, you know, the development and the curation of content. So when you're talking about, so I want to get to reporting in one minute, but before we get to that, I know you mentioned that you're on basically all of the networks. Which network has proven to be most successful for a DMB? Um, I would say that you know the the, the main network, the, the main platform. So Twitter is very successful. Um, LinkedIn is very successful, followed by Facebook, and then you know we have some of the other ones. We have um, well, we have a, a, a large presence on YouTube. Um, we do Google Plus. We do Instagram, Vine, Pinterest, Tumblr. Wow, you guys are busy. <laughs> We're busy, yeah, team. because you know D and B is really it's it's we had bought uh, Hoover's a long time yep. ago. Yep. And so we're still managing, you know, the D&B US handle as well as the Hoover's handle. So we have two pages. Wow. We have for LinkedIn, we have two. For Twitter, we have two. For Facebook, we have two. So there, there's a lot. And is the plan long-term to keep those separate or is the plan to eventually merge? Uh, we don't have any um, don't have plans plan with that yet. right now. You don't have a plan yet. Okay, so talk to me, you know, your background in general, which is which is I, highly analytical in a lot of these spaces. You talk about reporting, uh, and you really appear to have a very in-depth reporting structure on how you measure and report on social. Can you tell us a little bit about what you measure, how you measure it, and what's the most effective way to measure social media? So we do weekly reports as well as monthly reports, and we we get very granular. We look at every channel, and we look at, you know, the, the engagement on every post. We look at clicks, favorites, retweets, replies, mentions, new followers, total reach, and we calculate the engagement percent, and, and then we calculate the engagement percent per post. And we do a lot of graphing. We look at trends. We benchmark by the different types of posts we have. So we look at our content, our internal content, which we usually hashtag uh, DNB data. Yep. 
and we compare that to external content that we curate because we're so active on social that we have our curated content has high volumes as well. That's great. So we compare, you know, internal to curated content. We compare the various types of content that we put out. So we'll look at uh, videos. We will look at um, graphic infographics. We will look at, we even have um, somebody on site who does our uh, cartoons for us based on, you know, some funny issues and data. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we use humor as well. You know, it's not always so serious. I think that's very important, especially in a, in a business like DMV, is to inject some humor and some lightness into um, a lot of your content. I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of times we we keep the weekends lighter, you know, because we do have a, a social low that goes out on weekends as well. And we we try to keep it a little bit lighter and, so and would, interesting. So would you say that primarily engagement is what you're looking at as a criteria for success or is it over, is it conversion to the website what are you looking for in social to say this was a successful program we look at engagement of posts we look at trends okay. we look at driving traffic to our sites so we look at the traffic that we're driving to our websites and and traffic that we are driving to our blogs we look at the growth of new followers to each platform yep we look at the reach that we're gaining. And, yeah, engagement's really important because, you know, the posts that we put out are really representing our brand. So when people engage with a post, they're engaging with our brand. So it's it's kind of hard to measure brand awareness, but engagement is something that, that we can measure. And so when you have your presence on these social platforms, and you've got really a, a wide variety, and, and both for DMB and for Hoover's. When you have that breadth and wide scope of networks, how do you determine what networks you want to really focus on? Or if there's a new network that's interesting, how do you, how do you, do you use data to make sure that it's the right space? Do you just go with your gut? What do you do? We do look at what we have and the type of uh, posts that we have. We look at what it is. So, for example, we are, we have a large presence at the fall events. So we are going to be really spreading out our posts for events on every platform that we can hit. <clears throat> you know, we're really trying to focus on creating a lot of multimedia content. So that's infographics and videos and, um, you know, images, pictures, um, that kind of thing. Um, but we do, we look at what drives engagement and we also analyze who is our audience and we really tailor and, and gear our posts to those audiences. And so who is your desired audience in terms of who you really want to be reaching and how do you ensure that you're targeting them? You know, our brands are so interesting because we have such a wealth of information and we cover every industry. We cover the world. Um, we really reach a lot of different people um, from, you know, entry level to C-level, and we reach every size business. We do have a, a heavy um, volume of followers that are sales and marketing mm-hmm. or finance-oriented, and they're, you know, higher level. And so when you're looking at your target, are you are you able to cross-reference your fan base or, or the people who are following you, et cetera, with the people who you want to target? And are you are you hitting the right mark? How, are you able to see that you're hitting the right mark there? We do. And that's and that's what our, our weekly and monthly reporting really shows us. 
That's so great. As, as well as showing, um, you know, who from our company, because we are building ambassadors from within our company, you know, who's using social and how many people in our company and how many influencers in our company, because we have some, you know, really renowned industry experts in our company and how they're doing on social. And it's all connected. So obviously, DMB is doing some great stuff in social, and we're looking at you have this wide variety of platforms, and you've got all of this really fun and engaging content, and you've got so much data to report on. Tell me what some of your biggest challenges are in social media. What's what's the big challenge? Um, well, I think that our big challenge is is still, um, you know, like every other company, to continue to grow, mm-hmm. to continue to have more exciting content created um, from within the company that we can push out because we do have so much data and and so much excitement in our our company. It's just a matter of of getting it all, you know, out, getting it all constructed into content that is consumable via social media, which, you know, it's smaller pieces of content. Absolutely. You know, it's maybe an infographic or a small, you know, a graph or a blog post, and do you feel like the content needs to be different on your different networks? Do you create unique content by network, or do you have something more holistic that feeds out across all the networks? Oh, it's a little of both. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely when we put something out, we know who the audience is, and a lot of times there is crossover. And Sharon, is your team doing the community management as well, or is that handled separately? We manage the communities as well. Wow. And so do you guys feel like, is it difficult for you to shut off? Like, are you on your phones all the time? Do you feel like it's difficult? I I talk about this with a lot of my social ladies, that sometimes it's difficult to turn it off at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, we are definitely always connected. And we're a really close-knit team as well. And we are connected to each other as well. Oh, that's really that's really an an important piece of working together in a social media team, I think, is is being Absolutely. connected and being able to bounce off each other and have each other's back so that when you do want to shut off, you actually can. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my team has such a tremendous skill set that, you know, they acquired, you know, pretty quickly Absolutely. to be able to to handle this. Absolutely. And so when you working in the space, and I've asked a lot of my social ladies this question, when you are working in social media, does it make you more or less apt to use social media in your free time? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) It's tricky because, you know, I have my personal social media and then I have my work social media and then I have my corporate social media. Yep. Yep. It is. It is hard. It's hard. I mean, isn't it? I definitely am on Twitter or you know Facebook or LinkedIn. Like most of the time, I'm playing with my phone. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So I'm definitely not apt to curate as much as I would if I didn't, you know, focus on it all day long. Yeah, I think for me, especially when I get home, sometimes I just need to actually turn it off from because I'm on it so much during the day that sometimes it's challenging. But then other times, I'm you know, I find myself curating content in the most random of kind of situations and places, right? Yeah, it's just it never gets boring. There's always an interesting article to read. It's just there's so much cool stuff out there. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'd like to think that, you know, we we are contributing to it. And my goal is really to be able to contribute to the, the high quality um, of, of data and infographics out there and just, you know, interesting information and industry analysis. 
Awesome. And so, Sharon, you've had a lot of your success in your career, and you've you've grown a lot. You've worked in a lot of different industries and had a pretty pretty varied career um, and gotten into the space where you're managing social for this amazing, iconic brand. Uh, what advice would you give for people who or young women who want to be the future you? I... I would say to try to get an internship with me. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, Dun & Bradstreet. There you go. (laughs) Because I will, you know, make sure they learn everything. That's awesome. I would would really say that, you know, because I started off in academia. You know, I was a little bit slow to get into business. I mean, I was in academia and I was in government and education for a long time before I really got into, you know, more of the business world. I, I would say to get into the business world, I would say, but at the same time, Time to continue, you know, with the education as much as possible because once you have a family, it's a little bit harder to pick back up with your education. You so, bet. You bet. You know, to 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 do as much as possible as early as possible, and I think that it's very important and competitive right now to have technical skills. So. By technical skills, I mean web analytics, um, data science, to learn as many programming languages, as many databases, um, as, you know, coding, like whatever, you know, you can learn to have these skills because it really is competitive, but there is a lot of opportunity right now for, for data scientists and web analytics and social media. I mean, everybody's on social media right now, so that won't really distinguish you. But really take any opportunity for education and training that you can and get as much hands-on. If you get a job, if you get an internship, just really shine as much as possible and get access to as many areas to get exposure as possible. I love it. I love the advice of getting technical about about really focusing on kind of technical skills, whether it's in data science or whether it's in coding or any area. It really does give you one leg up. I think it's a very interesting piece of advice for our listeners. Really great. So, Sharon, we are so excited to have you on the show today, and we're so thankful to have you on. And where should people follow you, and where should people follow DMB? They should go to at DNBUS on Twitter and at Hoover's on Twitter. Also, where are they going to find their Throwback Thursdays to learn about Abraham Lincoln? They can go to at DNBUS. Okay. We're really excited. Everyone get over there this Thursday. Follow <laughs> us. This follow Thursday. Us. Follow, on, follow. The, every, <laughs> I want, I'm telling you, every Thursday there's a fun fact. So it doesn't even matter when you're listening to this. The next Thursday that you are available, get on over to DNBUS and find out a fun Throwback Thursday from them because it's pretty awesome stuff. Thank you so much, Sharon, for coming on today. Thanks so much. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.